Okay, we are on the post show now, and we gave Sean his obligatory uh, sample of Utopias. Shane, Sean. Shane, Shane, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I blame the perennial. Speaking of which, I'm sure I'll be blaming the Utopias for something. <laughs> Your sound's turned up if you want to put a sound bed in, Greg. Uh, I, um, no? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I have it, but... Uh, All right. There's a lot of maple, and I like it. Yeah. Super smooth. I was expecting more of like a, like you said, there's not as much burn or bite. Yeah. That one's better than the 2008 version. Which I still have this? That's uh, this year's. Okay. Last came out year's. Last year's. Last year's. year's yeah. 2015. Um, I still have some of the 2008, but you know, that's on really limited allocation. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my daughter can try it when she's 21. <laughs> <clears throat> It's yeah, so you can really get how just how it, it's. If you want to, you know, share time with the elder of the chief here, you yeah, have some more yeah, yeah. the elder of the chiefs. So you don't have to drink all the utopias right away. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for coming. I know I said it in the show, but I mean, it was really cool getting to ask you all the yeah, this is the fun. Questions. This is my first podcast. I love it. Oh, glad you had a good time. I mean, it's gonna be different, like. Instead of just being a straight up interview that's you know twenty yeah. minutes long, I think it's really cool getting the person to sit in, just be a guest host on the show. Yeah, it's fun and laid back. I like it. Cool. I'm glad you had the time. Yeah. Um, I talked about how the beer smelled like purple. Uh, <laughs> sort of a, a, a kind of a jokey reference um, to a very very old first season Simpsons episode uh, where um, where they came out of the. Uh, um, Quickie Mart and Nelson or did anyway the, the question was like what flavor did you get I got blue <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this reminds me of, of a question I saw on a um, on a, a video about a, a psychological test I, I should say before we get any further the psychological test given to children uh, but still interesting to me for the, the question that was asked uh, in particular this one um is red heavier than yellow? Is the question. Of course it is. Yeah. I'd agree with that. <laughs> is red heavier than yellow? Yeah. What does that make me? What do I fall into with that? It, it's it's interesting <laughs> because there's there's no consideration you have of the question. You, you just immediately say yes. Yeah. Because some of the question is like, the first thing I thought of when I was asked, when I, I heard the question was, no, red is lighter than yellow. And the reason I think that, the reason I immediately thought of that is yellow is a higher frequency than red in terms of light. And that means that it's higher energy. And something that's higher energy has E equals MC squared, so if you were to change that energy to mass somehow to convert that then it would have more mass heavy is heavy is weight versus mass but still um i think you failed well the, 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 but but it's reflecting light it's it, not emitting the light so it, well, the is thing it is really it, applied is it really equated to the well the question really is is red heavier than yellow not is a red photon heavier than the yellow photon so the question is about color not about photons mm -hmm. and that's that's what interested me about the question itself because I thought of that way because I because I know about the physics of light and stuff. But I immediately, to me, it came to light. Now, what did it come down to, you guys? Well, so I, 
I thought of it in, in two ways, right? I answered you with my gut feel. But then I was thinking about what would the material need to be to reflect the different colors of light. And I, I wouldn't have gone the way you went because I think the way you were talking is more of a, the energy required to emit the light. But reflecting light's different. Yes. Right? So I started to consider what the material would need to be shaped like or made out of to reflect the light. A, I don't have enough knowledge to, to really explore that deeply. And um, that's about as far as I got with that. How about you, Shane? What really outclassed in intelligence here, I think. <laughs> it's okay. It's not uh, an intelligence I question. think it was a gut thing. I don't know, like black and white. Black would seem... So do you know and... like what percentage of people say yellow? No, I don't know the percentage. The interesting thing about... That, that I was, yeah, what does it say about me that I picked red? Well, the interesting thing was it's a question of... Um, Am I going to murder someone now? No, it, it's more a question of whether uh, somebody will say, I don't know or not. Because it's a, it, it's, it's a concept. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is color is in our brain. It's not a, a property of reality. Color is... Um, I mean, you can measure uh, the electromagnetic wavelength of light... But that is not nature. That's something that we assign to it. And it's how our brains categorize things. But it's not there. and Things aren't actually pink. Things are just... Yeah. I mean, I'm like, curious about exist. like what the results say like, yeah. and, and what, how we can attribute that. Is, is in the environment yeah. yellow things generally lighter than red things? You know, that kind of I thing. Mean, it's I mean, because, because a, fl- a sunflower, you know, a flower petal is lighter than an apple. You know, that kind of thing. It's interesting because, this, you know, asking the question to adults is different than asking the question to kids. And it's, again, it's a question sort of meant for, for a kid's mind and see how they come to the situation. Asking to mm-hmm. adults who have very, you know, who, who look at the world in a very specific way and have trained their minds to look at the world in a very specific and way. And not to say stupid things. Some and, and not to say stupid things, but also the percentage of people who say, I don't know, is very low. Well, that's, that's discouraged, you know. Right, and that's a cultural thing. That it's sort of discouraged people to say, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I never. I never really thought of it that way. I don't know if I can answer that question. Which, and and the the point is not that that is the right answer. There is no right answer. It's a nonsense question. Is is sort of the point. And the point is just sort of to see what kind of uh, either what kind of questioning somebody get gives to that, or or what kind of specific answer they give to it. It's it's sort of a. It's not. I don't know if it's graded in terms of what you give. It's sort of more right. about exploring what the... Like when I answered, right, I, I kind of split. I had a decision. Does Greg want my gut feel or does he want me to... Mm-hmm. The analysis part of it, right? And I figured you wanted the gut feel, so that's why I gave you the gut feel. I mean, either one is interesting, I think. I think it's really interesting how unexplored and unknown the human brain is, and I think that plays into when we taste these beers. Yeah. What makes you taste something that he doesn't and... I've talked about this before, how if we knew brain chemistry to the degree which we understand electromagnetics, then it would be a totally different world. Yeah. Uh, And we don't. We have no idea. I mean, when it comes down to to, to how the brain works, it is is a a mystery. It is a complete mystery compared to the kind of understanding we have of mechanics. Which you would would think we would know more. Like, based on the technology we have and all that. And it, it turns out that it's really... It's really hard for us to to put ourselves in in the analysis table on our minds. It, it, philosophy has been trying to do this for thousands of years and keeps running into hurdles because there are things that we can't exclude. We can't exclude, for example, the option that we're all brains in a vat somewhere, that there's a matrix or simulated reality. It's just something that we can't exclude. We, we have to, as a practical matter, simply exclude it 
because if we're always worried about the fact, oh, I'm in a simulation, then... Right, if there's... We've talked about this a lot, yeah. but, you know, and it goes into my my whole vision of being, right, where if you can't observe it or test for it, then it doesn't really matter, right? Because if you... There's no test to verify whether God exists or not, right? If you can't test for it, then it doesn't affect your life at all. Right. So that that's kind of how I go into that is, you know, if it can't be someone measured. gives me a scientific... So where my faith falls, and Greg's going to take issue with me using the word faith here, is that um, what we can observe and test, you know, like science, basically, right. is where that falls. And... Greg doesn't like the word faith there. Well, I don't like the word faith for, for a couple of reasons because I find that faith is is the way I so I, first of all, it's a language issue. And and I, I, I do find the language issue to be uh to to be things that um I, I tend not to try to follow my sword over because languages change. The way white languages are used change all the time. The way words are used changes all the time. And if you don't accept that, then you're just gonna get you're just going to get uh, you're going to be an old man yelling at a cloud eventually so you got to accept that yes yeah, some words change and yes uh, I, I like the word um, you know uh, literally to mean something <laughs> is literally Literal. happening yeah. uh, but it has turned into just simply an exaggeration and yes I don't like that but I have to accept it because I can't change the fact that language evolves. I can't change the fact that, that this is what happens to languages. So I shouldn't try to fight against it. So when I say like a, a specific definition I have of faith, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what everybody believes. Uh, my definition of faith, the one that I go with, is believing in something without or, or when there's evidence contrary to it or without having any evidence uh, to that case. That's not how everybody treats that word. So I can't really follow my sword on faith. However, I do have an issue even with, with going the science route, which is that we, I mean, I, I've taken the time and effort to understand particle physics. Uh, and I made him mad now. Well, Who, I, me? <laughs> oh, Greg. Not, yeah. not, it, it's, no, it's no. more of a, so I, I understand the, the mathematical formulas of this use. And I understand so much of of what we know and how the world works and yet I also recognize that it's all a model and it's all kind of a facade that we're putting up. It's all uh, an elaborate fakery about how the world works. We're, it's not the actual world. It's a map, not the place. Uh, and it falls apart as we try to exploit it more and more now we're getting better we get better we're constantly getting better but it's still a model and all models are fictional to some degree so even the scientific models that we have are not the true nature of reality so it gets to the question of what is the true nature of reality and then you get into a whole minefield because our perceptions change how we affect nature and reality and the nature of reality appears to be relative and there doesn't appear to be an objective sense except for certain constants that we can transform a, a, through. And even those, we don't know how well that works outside of our sphere of, of what we understand. So it, there's just... There's it's a, a big... It's turtles the whole way down. It is It is turtles the whole way down. And so when you try to get into the philosophy, you, you end up 
finding yourself lost in, in this kind of like maze and you can't get out. So I love that show. I think it's on the Science Channel with Morgan Freeman about the universe. Through the wormhole? <laughs> Through the wormhole, yeah. yeah. And I think there's an episode about where Stephen Hawking says if the universe is infinite, that it's literally for sure that there's an infinite number of you and that they're living an infinite number of your life. Well, that's so that you're a firefighter. Infinite's a weird word, right? But it, just based on the yeah. reality that... But, I mean, the concept of infinity, right? It's not just a really big number. Right. It's, right. it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not a number. It, but I think it's interesting that, like, the human, as intelligent as the human race is, that we could almost not comprehend that. Well, I'll, but we don't, we don't have evidence that it's infinite, though. We don't have evidence, we don't have any ability to comprehend what infinity means. This is what we think infinity means. I think it's, it's interesting, though, that we have a tough time comprehending that there could be something, like, we're, Brains yeah. in a vat, or there's an alien race that's like controlling us. We're or in whatever. an farm. Well, here's right. here's here's or, a question. Or we're in a video game. I mean, it, like, Elon Musk thinks we're a simulation. Like I you mean. could be yeah. the Sims. Like you could be a character in the it, Sims. How do you know yeah. that when you went to sleep last night, you weren't replaced by an exact clone? Or that this is the dream, and then you live right. through your. Well, I mean, the dream thing. I think you can kind of tell. I, I mean, in, in, while you're in the dream, you know, but while you're awake, it I don't doesn't, think you drink enough beer before you go to it, bed. It doesn't feel like a, it doesn't really feel like a dream. But the the question of how do you know when you go to sleep that you're not replaced by a clone of yourself every night by something? I mean, you, I just think it's crazy that you it's can't hard for us to comprehend. Like we can comprehend it, yeah. but we can't really wrap around it. Yeah. I mean, well, just like the same way we—I mean, we can't really understand distance—the the kind of distances that are dealt with in in, in just the normal planal universe in terms of either big or small. Uh, how many atoms compose this glass? We can't really understand that. How many? Uh, you know, how many atoms are in this beer? That's a number that is ridiculously large. Uh, at the same time, how far it actually is around the world, or how far it actually is from here to the moon, 250,000 miles. Well, I think that's a technological that thing, too. Like, you can fly from here to Los Angeles, and it takes four and a half hours. But yeah. to walk that, you know, or to take a horse... Even drive that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And how much there is between that, and how it's, far it is to the moon. I mean, you could... It's insane. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting that, you know, our brains have evolved over time, you know, and so some things are very, the things we deal with every day are still intuitive based on, you know, intuition, you know, and we're able to understand what it means to, to get to the moon. But then, like, maybe the physicists actually appreciate the full distance, you know, to the, like, Earth to the, from the uh, sun to the Earth, right? 93 million miles. It's a number. Right. I don't well, I mean, appreciate the, the, 93 million The thing miles. is, like, I mean, if I were to ask you, okay, if, if, the, if the Earth were the size of, of a basketball here, where would the moon be? Yeah, I don't know. Far. <laughs> Far. Far is the right answer. Why? I don't know. What's the... it, it's it's <laughs> something like 2,000 feet away. Okay. Uh, and it would be about the size of a tennis ball. Uh, so that's the kind of scales we're talking about. And, and so you don't really... It's hard to appreciate that because when you think of yeah, because if you right, if you yeah, think yeah. the Earth the size of a basketball, you would think the Moon is no more than six feet away, right? Right. I mean, that's your gut. Not only that, but I think the level of like human achievement that in like the year fifteen fifty two, someone looked at the Moon, and by nineteen sixty whatever, we were on the Moon, and 
like not only that someone developed that technology, but they said we're going to take the risk to try and go to the moon. Heck, in like 1930, we, we discovered Pluto and we just sent a spacecraft. Yeah, I mean, just to think what it takes for someone to think that it's a legitimate idea to go stand sure. on the moon. Like you look up at it at night, you're like, I have no idea. I mean, how would you ever get there? It, it, it took a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it did take a lot. But I mean, just to, that someone had the idea that it was like, yeah, this can be done. That's good. We'll do it. But the, but the problem is when you get any further than the moon, all of a sudden everything becomes so much even more difficult. Like getting to Mars, Mars is a whole different I don't problem. think people appreciate how, like I think people say, oh, we just decided we didn't go to Mars. Like how hard yeah. it would be to get humans to Mars. And that at this point you couldn't get back. Like you're there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it's, if you it's, go, you're there. At least like, the moon <laughs> is with us in our orbit. Right. The Mars is way out there, much further away, on different orbit entirely. Just to get there, they're yeah. trying to figure out. Not much less get back. Right. Just to get there. Like if you get there right now, that your funeral's on Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be very far down the road. No. Your funeral. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we don't. Because yeah. the radiation is. is yeah, you're going to be though. horribly. Um, you're going to suffer so much damage on the way there. From what? Cosmic rays and radiation and stuff like that. The radiation in, in the solar system is, I mean... So, but you don't get that from the moon because it's in our orbit? Or? You Actually, get... no. Uh, no, the so there's the Van Allen belts, the radiation belts that are big, strong. No, but you get them in the moon, sure. Uh, but but the, they're just, they, they aren't there for very long. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but the statistics on astronaut, lunar, the lunar astronauts is they have a higher rate of cancer. I mean, they've gotten sick from the, t- the short time they've been on the moon. They're sicker than the average people their age. So I believe there was an astronaut that was just in space for a year. Spent a year yeah, in but space. It's, it's only 400 miles up. So yeah. you're okay. still within international, the... International Space Station's low. So, yes, statistically... Uh, is that Mike or Mike? Wow. How Mike, far Mike, is the Mike, moon? 250,000 miles. And he's 400 miles up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the ISS. When you're in the International Space Station and you look down at the Earth, it's not like that picture from Apollo, right? Right. I mean, the Earth is big underneath yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So, like, it almost looks like you're in a really high airplane. That's essentially what it is. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's not an object that's, we think of zero gravity. It's, it's, it's if you were to... The view from a U-2 spy plane and the view yeah. from the space station really isn't that different. Roughly the same. And also the gravity is about 90%. So why haven't we been back to the moon? Well, we haven't been back to the moon just because the exp- it's, it's way too expensive. More or less. And and for... There hasn't been much of a scientific reason or... We went to the moon because Russians were trying to get yeah. there. No, I know. So, but and I mean, that's, that's the main thing. I guess once you get there, it's like, you know, there's nothing well, Actually, there. we can't we can't get there now. Why? We don't have the knowledge anymore. We lost it. We have to rebuild we, our knowledge. We we to, cannot make a Saturn V rocket right now if we yeah. wanted to. Why? We don't have all the information of how to make a Saturn V rocket. Where'd it go? Got lost. And where? Where does it go? Uh, people. People don't. They didn't record that? Or? They did, but it's still... That I, seems really not good. I, I, well, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. When I heard that, I'm like, if we had... we got to record that. I mean, it, it's recorded in you some would have sense. To, we still you would have, have, you would have, have to re, rockets, but you would but, have to reinvent parts. You'd have yeah. problems that there's the solution's not written down. Yeah. I mean, would have to, just think about how many suppliers it would take to build something like the Saturn V rocket, which is a, a gigantic rocket. I mean, it's it's how how big is it? How, how many feet? Four hundred and thirty. So why do we still go into space? 
well, most for the most part, we're sending robots into space. We're not sending people. We're sending people up into the high stratosphere. So what would be the... I mean, I get what the International Space Station is, but what is... Like, what's the point of going up there now? For the most part, do, do experiments in microgravity and as sort of a political game. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the, the science that comes out of the space station is still good science. I mean, doing microgravity and... Like, the guy that was up there for a year, Mark Kelly. Mike Kelly? Mark. He's Mike. Mike. Mike Kelly. Uh, that was part of... That was the beginning of, okay, so if we're going to send someone to Mars... What are the long? Because like your do you eyes, think they're going to do that. Your, I think ultimately, lifetime? ultimately they're going to try. In our lifetime, I don't know. I mean, the the, the plan is twenty thirty. I'm, I'm optimistic that they'll they'll do it in my lifetime. Okay. I'm so not. if they can't get to the moon, how are they going to get to Mars? In the reinvent the technology. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're going to try to skip the moon essentially. Uh, the they're they're reinventing heavy rocket technology, and they they actually uh, to be actually considerably more reliable than, than, than the Saturn V would, uh, is or would have been. Um, Did you see the, um, there's an Ars Technic article about uh, Blue Origin. Did you see that one? I wanted to send it to you, but I forgot. I think I may have. Um, so the article was really bullish, you know, because we were kind of poo-pooing. So you've heard of SpaceX. Yep. And they've been, re- like, they've been, yeah, they've been landing the rockets on the barge and a couple of them have blown. And then they just blew up well, one of them. They just blew one up pad. with yeah. Facebook's satellite. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it Facebook's satellite? I didn't yeah. know that. $95 million. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I've made a... some tough phone calls. I don't know if I could call Zuckerberg after that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah. So there's another company, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon and the yeah. Washington Post. He has a company called he Blue owns War- Washington Post? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did he buy that? Anyways, well, you know, rich people used to buy newspapers and philanthropy type things. Yeah, and it's telling influence and Carnegie did, and so it's kind of more, it's kind of a, kind of reviving that old rich person thing. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, Blue Origin, we kind of poo pooed on, on the show because they were doing pretty easy things with the new Shepard. Well, they had they had done the first launch and, and landing of of a rocket, uh, but they did straight up, straight down. And that's, I mean, it, it's still a problem, but it's an easier problem than, than what Elon Musk was doing, which was launch, and then, you know, the rocket doesn't something. go straight up. It goes this way, because it needs to get this much, it needs to have um, uh, velocity in it's a lot, direction around lot the faster. Way. So, so 6,000 miles in this way, and then it comes back. So you think if we get to Mars, it'll be private or NASA? And it's going to be NASA, for sure. Why not SpaceX or somebody like that? Because the only the only way to going to Mars isn't the most profitable thing. Yeah, Mars is not profitable. Mars is about exploration, and exploration has always been financed by government. So, what's SpaceX angle? SpaceX mining, ultimately, mining, I believe. Mining asteroids. asteroids, bringing metals back. The amount of metals that are in asteroids is huge. The the, the how do you land on an asteroid? Well, we're we, we're we've already done landing on a comet, and we're working on uh work. They just launched NASA just launched a probe that's going to scoop up uh stuff from uh an asteroid and return it to the level of intelligence that that takes to even think that you could attempt that. It's the engineering. Is, the engineering is remarkable. Never... The engineering yeah. is absolutely remarkable. So incredible. so so back to the Blue Origin thing, real quick, is that we kind of like thought new. Shepard was, you know, kind of like easy compared to what SpaceX was doing. But now they're working on New Glenn, which is going to be an orbital platform. Orbital platform? Gonna, well, 
orbital launch platform. It's a it's just a heavy it's a heavy rocket basically. Right, yeah. but it'll be able to. But it's gonna have a returnable first stage, and it's gonna be able to reach orbit. Yeah. Or so the, the, the trick is what they're trying orbit. to do is they're trying to make it so that if you return the first stage of the rocket, then you you can at least recoup some of that loss. You don't have to just you're not just throwing away all that money. How far do you think SpaceX is from landing on an asteroid? Oh, based on the fact that they can't get a satellite. No, I mean their, their next their next step is. Uh, as far as I'm aware, getting the reliability up so they can take humans to the space station. I mean, I'm really intrigued by what SpaceX does, but it seems like that's going to be a lot of money away. Yeah, it's... It, Where do they, do they have that money? I, I think that a the... Lot of it's government grants from SpaceX. I, I, I don't know whether SpaceX will ever land on an asteroid. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know how many... Space, but I think that the technology will eventually... Get into the so economy. even if it's government grants, at some point they have to say you've blown up too many. Well, sort of like, <laughs> I mean, the, you the break a few eggs. The the analogy I would use would be light bulbs. Um, light bulbs were, you know, Edison, you know, kind of popular. He didn't necessarily invent the light bulb, but he certainly right. popularized it and made it, the, you know, into it everywhere. But then different types of light bulbs emerged, different types of ways of doing light bulbs, and now we have LCD screens and uh, and OLED screens and, and various ways of generating light that are very different, but they all sort of come from the same base concept, which was you know generating uh, using electricity to generate light. Uh, and so this is the same base concept. Getting how do you uh, get out of the Earth's uh, and, and, off of the Earth's surface? And these these aren't pure commercial companies, right? I mean you're. If you have a billion dollars, you're not going to invest it in space travel if you just want to get the most money back. Yeah. You know, but there's a, there has to be a fine line of, you know, I want to do it because I want to get to space, but I can't blow up 38 rockets in the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, if you do that, then you'll run out of money pretty quick. Well, what did you say? You said that, you know, instead of doing it kind of seat of the pants SpaceX style, you know, this, this triage needs to be more NASA style. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to go to Mars, you're going to have to do it concentrating on going to Mars and if you are a sovereign nation you have the ability to effectively print your own money so you can you can write your own checks uh, it gives you it doesn't give you the ability to simply to do actually totally write your own checks but it gives you flexibility it gives you the ability to write off things in in, in interesting ways and, and and get more from your dollar and also gives you that you don't have to worry about profit motive that's not your desire the government is not about making a profit the government is about whatever it takes to contribute to the growth of of the economy and the growth of civilization and frankly the the amount of effort and technology that went into the apollo missions turned into a huge technological boon for america including um you know all of the all the competing technology i mean the transistor had already been invented but in terms of making those much more common and making the manufacturing of them much more cheap that just started the whole you know it started so many different things in terms of material science and uh electronics and all of this stuff all came from the Apollo program and aerospace, and so, and of course, weapons and defense are always, yeah. always where you know this stuff goes because, or at least this stuff comes from because that's where governments also want to defend and they also want to be on top. Well, that's that true. Sense. I think 
going to the moon might have been a motivating factor because Russia, we didn't want them yeah. getting up there knowing, not knowing what they were doing and right. You know, I mean, it's hard for people our age to really appreciate how unknown the outcome of the Cold War was. Right? Would be. How much of a civilization or what they could have been struggle. doing up there if, if they got there yeah. first. You know, I mean, also you got to think about what were the what did the Russians think of what we were doing? I mean, they, they certainly didn't. They certainly knew that it wasn't all in you know good faith altruism. Of, yeah, altruism on our part, even though that's how we present it. So you did. Th- you think we landed on the moon? I do. I'm just. Saying. Oh, of course. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do too. I'm just. There's, I'm just. There, as far as I'm concerned, there's no question about okay. it. Okay. Um, I'm on the same page. Yeah. I'm just sure. Uh, <laughs> in the. Here's, I'll, I, I'll always bring this one up. If we didn't, don't you think Russia would have said something? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree yeah. with you. I'm, just, I'm not a big conspiracy. I'm just saying. Because um, it, it, was, it was very much a race. But it, it's... The, the moon was about showing superiority. So there, there was a, a conflict of civilizations that was occurring at the time that really helped motivate this... This thing, but th- there was much less science involved than it was politics, similar to the space station. It, it, the politics are are different, but the politics is it's more about the politics than it is about the science. It's crazy to me that we can't get to the moon right now. That's a shocker to me. We can get send robots. It gives me there. a lot less faith. We can definitely now. send ro- <laughs> we can definitely send probes there, but sending people there is just we have to remake all that stuff. And, and think about think about how many different companies went into making all the stuff that went yeah. into the you know, the lunar rockets and uh, lunar probes and everything. Those people and all those companies, all those contractors, either they don't exist or they're part of different companies or they're dead or whatever. And so depressing. you have to rebuild that entire operation. That's depressing. Yeah, I mean, you would think it's all recorded in a book somewhere, but no, there's things that need to be reinvented. I mean, it, there's going to be a problem. And like, how did we solve this problem before? Yeah. Don't know. No, it's it's all within the. There, there's, I'm sure if we needed to get to the moon in a year, we could do it. If, if there was like a desperate need to get to the moon, it wouldn't be a problem. It would. I mean, it would it'd be a problem, but we, you know, you throw enough resources at it, and the problem that particular problem that's an engineering problem that can be solved. The the question is then if getting there. In a repeatable fashion, in a fashion that's safe, in a fashion that's effective, all of those things. What's the point, though? I mean, other than knowing we can get to the moon. That's the question, I suppose. And I'm sure that's why there's not as much motivation. Like, yeah. We've been there now. That That's part of it. Part of it was... The, robotic the, explorers are pretty good these yeah, days, too, yeah. right? So, you know, there's the, do we send people to Mars or send humans to Mars? No, we're... Humans are very explorational species have been doing it for the opportunity rover is still going it's been going for almost 10 years on mars we send humans to mars we're lucky if we get four months out of it there's gotta be someone willing to volunteer for that sure but we're lucky if we get four months out of them and the i mean that's the hottest reality tv show in the game if they put someone there's actually no there's (laughs) actually a dutch company I've seen that, yeah. but they tell you you're not coming back. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. but they they have no plan to actually send people to Mars. It's all it, it's really more of a gimmick, gimmick. marketing. Yeah, I'm just saying you put a camera out there somehow. Well, I don't know, right? I mean, because the whole the whole thing about reality TV is that 
is that's not actually what sells. This Reality sounds bad. But I would watch someone slowly die on Mars <laughs> once a week. Once. I, here's the thing: I don't Twice think you would. Week. I don't think you would. I, I think that the the whole point of reality, what reality TV has taught us, is that it's manufactured drama that people want, not it's frivolous the real shit. Stuff. Yeah, it's 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 the editors turning the stuff into stories, and not simply the feeds, like the the, the, the feeds of like the Big Brother house and shit. No one watches. So, what that. would kill you on Mars? Radiation for the most part. Okay. The sun. The sun is it pouring have, out radiation. It doesn't have a strong magnetic field like Earth does. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's no way right now to combat that. There are ways. Like okay. Live underground. Live underground, build a water shield of some sort. Because uh, water, enough water, like a couple inches of water would protect you from most of the... Uh, or a couple inches of lead, but water is something you would need anyway. So if you're going to have that... But that's a lot of weight. And it costs so much money to get stuff off of the earth anyway, just per pound, that the amount of money you have to spend to get that kind of shielding is prohibitively expensive. You guys can go in on me with that reality show if you want. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think... You, I, 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 I think that we have... You can watch the... You can watch feeds of people on the space station now. Yeah. Just... Doing right. their jobs, yeah, yeah, but they're not going to die in four months. They're not going to die in four months. That's and, drama. And there's nothing. Yeah, there's well, there's that's drama, right? That that is. I, I suppose Can that you is tunnel fast enough not to die. That is drama, um, but I I don't know whether that's even something that people like. So is that what they're trying to figure out with getting to Mars? Besides the propulsion, is how we keep someone alive? Obviously, and yeah, it's all, it's all yeah. great. Expansion of human knowledge base, right? I mean, I mean, the problem is we're made of meat. We're, yeah. made, we're, we're made of meat and we evolved here on Earth. Right. Mars is a third of the size of Earth, has a lot less gravity, uh, doesn't have... The atmosphere is so tenuous that it's effectively not there for you. It's just enough to you have to worry about it. Yeah. Just enough you have to worry about when you're landing. But it, it, it would be effectively like a vacuum as far as you're concerned. Um, so you can't ever walk out on the surface without a, a suit or anything uh, you you're, the gravity would be about one third that of earth uh, and you um, there is no way that we know of yet we think we may be able to grow some things but not, but not much uh, so just the, the amount of Resources it would take to get somebody there and keep them alive, or at least, or even just to get somebody there. First of all, it takes uh, by our best rockets, it'll take at least a couple months to get there, uh, and you'd have to do that at a specific time in the orbits because right. only way because Mars is you know going right. this way, and so you have to do it when you know Mars is like right about here, and so you send it here, and then Mars is will intersect with, with your rocket, right. and then you have to wait another two years for that to come about again for that same resonance to happen so you're, you're talking about a lot of considerations that's going into this like it, it, if Mars is here and Earth is here that's an essentially impossible journey we don't have any we don't have the resources to do that unless you can go out to here but then you can't stop it's space there's nothing to stop you so you can't just go here and stop and wait for the Earth to come You'd fall into the sun. You'd fall into the sun. I knew I'd learn a lot here. <laughs> We're a bunch of nerds. That's all right. <laughs> That's interesting. And just the fuel to get that 
Yeah. You know, that, that, that change, that, that so-called delta V, that change in velocity. Right. Is just, it's too extensive. And, and that that's part of the, the rocket equation is, is the problem where you're launching a rocket and the rocket contains some fuel and you're burning this fuel, but you have all that fuel you have to get just to get off the ground. Right. And then as you're going off the ground, so you have to lift not just the rocket, but all the fuel. And then you get off the ground, but you still have to get further off. You have yeah. to get further and faster. And uh, there's, a, there's something called the tyranny of the rocket equation, where it just, it's a lot of money. It's a huge yeah. amount of resources. The just, first 10 feet burns the first big percent of fuel, that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, so. that makes sense. And then also, getting from an, from an outer planet, coming into an inner planet, and getting in orbit is difficult, because, because you're moving... Um, you have more energy from the orbit of that. So you have to shed a bunch of energy to get into orbit around. So if you're coming from Mars to Earth, like the we've times... we established you're not coming back. Well, at first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're But like the times we've sent orbiters <laughs> into Venus or Mercury. Right. Like the one that gets to Mercury, it took five years to get from Earth to Mercury. Not because it takes five years to just get there. It takes five years to, to fly this velocity, yeah. crazy flying past planets and losing energy so you can actually be at the right speed when you get to or Mercury to go into orbit. I think you had to do at least two Earth passes and a couple of Venus passes, right? Something like that. And yeah. Because you have to use the Earth's energy to either accelerate yourself or, or decelerate yourself by using the gravity well of the Earth. There's lots of things that go into consideration. It's, it's just it, it's a tough thing. Space is not you know, we, we think of space as, you know, because it's science fiction, we think of space as a you know, final frontier. Oh, we'll do. We'll get spaceships. Yeah, Star Trek or Star Wars. But easy it's... Easy, <laughs> flying it around. Is, it is a completely hostile environment in essentially every possible sense. Uh, we evolved on this planet. <laughs> we, we are like we are for a reason. And right. we cannot survive in space without an extreme amount of effort and energy put into it. That's and crazy. the distances in space are huge. Yeah. The kind of things that we can't comprehend. <laughs> so all that adds up. And and the the other fact is we have no way of creating gravity and we cannot go faster than light. As far as we know, those are two hard and fast rules that we simply... We can create a, an analogy to gravity with centrifugal force, uh, but it's not good enough. Not really. We don't have the engineering skill to, to make it work reasonably well. Uh, and we... As far as we know, there's absolutely no way to go faster than light. So we can never get to anywhere uh, reasonably far away from our own solar system. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> science. Yeah, science. Yeah, <laughs> science. But again, it's all a model. No, it might be... <laughs> just like it's all simulation. <laughs> it's all simulation. So I'm glad there's smart people out there. I just sell beer. <laughs> so, so, so we're glad you sell beer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just well, some in some of these conversations wouldn't be possible without beer. So some of <laughs> well, these scientific <laughs> ideas wouldn't be possible. Without yeah, it's probably so, how they got to the moon. I'm sure. Probably also how they forgot how to get to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Okay, so that's, that's your, your yeah. science. Uh, <laughs> I knew I'd learn something here. We didn't even talk about Mr. Robot. Yeah. Do you want to get through real quick or do you want to save it? Or? Um, well, I, 
I'll say this much. It was a really weird episode. I'm not sure how to take it. I'm definitely curious to see how they wrap it up. And I'm curious to know what the Back to the Future sort of references mean. I've heard I've got to watch. It's Someone good. tweeted at me earlier today. Yeah. I've got to uh, watch. You so. do. Uh, but I, I think that you know different people take different things from it. And like I said, I, I take it more as a study of people's mental illness. And some people take it more as a... It's more about... Um, Revolution and something like that, and I think that, that that's more of a backdrop to me. But it, so it's more character based, and it's about that sort of thing. Yeah, it's character based. I mean, you know, we're tech guys. I, I the one neat thing about Mr. Robot is that they go through painstaking lengths to get the technology right. The hacking they yeah. show and stuff. It's it's there's no it's, enhance, 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 yeah. and there's no like yeah, it's yeah, it's it's typing things into. Although they do get things wrong. Too. The one thing they don't. I mean, you can't. So real hacking is just fucking boring right it's, yeah. it's hundreds of hours of trying things and it's and, mostly and, and most and of it's social working. engineering but yeah. very little of it like 90% of it takes place in trying to get people to tell you things as opposed to dealing with the computers themselves but they do it really I mean they use real plausible techniques for it and stuff so I enjoy watching it because you just don't see that on movies and TV like computer people seeing real plausible things on, on the movies but I mean that's not the main reason for watching the show that's the what drew Jeff to it and what drew me to it initially but the the effectiveness of the writing and the story and yeah. the directing and that sort of stuff is what kept me along and, and really the characters the, the, the interesting characterizations uh, and to, to a certain extent some of the surprises along the way some of them that I were expecting and some of them I were not mm-hmm. expecting so there, there, there's a lot to recommend about the show, but if you're not a fan of sort of a slow burn type show, um, it might not be. Especially ideal. this season. This yeah. season's been a slow season. This season's been has been a very methodical and slow. What season's it's on? The second. Okay. Yeah, it, it's been sort of a different show this season. It hasn't been as. Uh, as focused as the first season was on a particular narrative arc, but I I, I think it, in in some ways it's been more confusing, and in some ways it's been more interesting as to whether it's better. The first season is probably better so far, but we'll see how it. Did you ever watch results. Homeland? Yeah, that was kind of a slow burn for a couple of seasons there. I feel like yeah, it kind of it went for a while. It went, but I think it, yeah, yeah, they it was lost their way. Yeah, they had the chance. I mean, they ran out of the initial arc, right? And they had to figure out how to keep the show going because people were willing well, to left. pay for the he show. He left. He wasn't signed on. For okay. he thought it wasn't going to make make okay. it. So then, after three seasons, he committed to another project, and they had to kill him off. Okay, I didn't, I, th- I didn't hear. I mean, that's usually well, I, why. I think that. I mean, I, I never watch it, but I think that the, that storyline sounded like to me because my parents watched it, my sister watched it. That that storyline had essentially run out of yeah. possible I mean, like, was, angles. Right. That, yeah. But I think it's reinvented pretty but it was a slow burn. Either. I mean I'm still I'll still watch it uh, you know. It's uh, not like it was No, and for I mean the initial storyline was compelling and yeah. really good. Now they're just extending the characters. Yeah. They have no other And choice. the problem comes when you run out of things to say about your characters, when right. you run out of stories to tell. Um, and all shows do this. I mean, it's sort of a problem with American TV shows is they they tend to go too long. Yeah, I either get that. canceled really quickly or they go way too long. I wanted to tell you, um, Jim Jeffries is coming to Pittsburgh around Christmas. Attorney Jim Jeffries, comedian, stand-up comedian, Who? Australian. Oh come Who? on, man! Stand-up comedian Jim Jeffries. Nice. 
<laughs> just fuck with you. Okay. Um, Heather and I are going. He's okay. at the Carnegie Music Hall. Just okay. Yeah. You don't like him? Uh, no, he's not my favorite. No. Okay. No. I'm more of a cynic, comedian guy wise, stand up wise, cynic wise. Um, I'm more of an improv fan than a stand up fan, to be honest. So you watch so, uh, reruns of Who's Line? No, not the same <laughs> No, that's that's the that's the bad improv. Okay. <laughs> not 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 that those are bad improvisers. They aren't bad improvisers, but uh, I like the long form stuff where that's the Budweiser of improv. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I used to drink Budweiser, right. Right, yeah. you know. It, it like I said, they're very talented right people who are doing that stuff. Uh, Budweiser or Who's Line? Who's Line? Okay. And Budweiser, okay. but yeah, but like um, Ryan Styles, I think is a very, very funny person. Uh, Kyle Mockery, uh, uh, Jeff Davis, funny, funny people. Yeah. Um, but the games they play are these really silly party game things. Whereas when you watch a real improv show, sometimes it can be a disaster. But when you see one that's amazing, it's it's totally amazing because then they, they they manage to take ideas and come up with a thing out of nowhere. So the good brewers, they just need a better outlet. And I've I've heard of I haven't seen it, but I've heard of these guys doing long form and doing yeah. them well. So it's not like they can't. It's just yeah. that the, the stuff that's popular, or the stuff that gets out there, is is the short form, and the long form stuff is really the more interesting stuff to me. I mean, it's it's the same thing as like um, uh, you know, a, a somebody who does a uh, an hour stand up versus somebody who does ten minutes. Right. right, an hour stand up is a more more composed thing where there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. There's, there's stuff being brought back and things like mm-hmm. that versus a ten minute guy. You know, hey, you see the whole stand up show and you have your laugh and it's yeah. funny. and uh, and that's fine. But it's not uh, you know it's, it, it, it's not going to probably not going to blow you away. Right. Um. That I keep coming back to. I guess my favorite stand up ever is Dave Chappelle. I have never seen somebody who was so comfortable in his skin being up there on on the stage and just just rattling off stuff yeah uh, i mean uh, obviously everyone loves louis ck i think he's very funny um i think pat Oswalt has a lot of really good stuff um but yeah more fan of the improv stuff i guess we yeah. saw greg fitzsimmons right i saw greg fitzsimmons at one point he's very good um, I like Doug Benson's shows. I don't like his stand-up that much. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've seen Jim Jeffries a few times on uh, At Midnight, things like that, and he's uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see his set, right? Yeah. So I'm not gonna go on Netflix or, or download any of that stuff. I'm just gonna wait to see him live. Yeah, and, yeah. And because uh, I just I like the stuff he does on that midnight you know, more than many of the people that are on there. So that has I saw stuff. Chappelle when he played uh, Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, and it was really awesome. He was so good. It was right after the whole Hartford incident happened. Yeah, it was like the two days afterwards, and he was so funny. I feel yeah. like that's one of those guys you have to see in person, though. Just like one of those, not just comedians, but anyone, like people that saw Babe Ruth, like. Yeah, yeah, it's cool I, seeing him on Netflix, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, his first stand-up special to me is one of the best stand-up specials ever. That, um, the one that's uh, one where he's talking about the the crack baby, and, <laughs> and uh, or, or his, uh, he's down, he's he, so he's getting high with his friend, with his white friend in New York. Yeah, he goes yeah. up to, to 
<laughs> the cops. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Uh, so that that stuff is very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I I find the the improv more interesting. But I do. But hey, I can get I can get into a good stand up too. I'm with you. Sounds good. Better to wrap this up. Yeah, I think so. Thanks. So, thanks yeah, so much. For thanks fun. for hanging out with us. Great time. Not oh, that I had yeah. low expectations, but more fun than I thought. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe, Maybe you we'll have you back, back sometime. And, yeah. yeah. And join us again for another uh, another exploration. Yeah, for sure. Sounds great. Exploration of the yeah. nether sphere. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay.